0: Oh, little salt and butter, everything tastes good.
1: Recorded live.
0: Scuba Obsessed Weekly Podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba news. Scoob Obsessed episode 218 is recorded live October 30th, 2014. Welcome back to Scoob Obsessed. I'm Darren Jilson coming from the west side of Michigan where we are on the eve of Hallow's Eve. Joining me this week we have Mac the Divebenter. How are you doing today, Mac?
1: I'm doing very well, nice and comfortable today,
0: waiting for the snow tomorrow. Oh, don't say snow. And also joining us this week, we have Jim Schultz. How are you doing today, Jim?
2: Uh, I'm as happy as a fly in an outhouse.
0: That sounds pretty happy to me. So, did you guys get out in the, in the weather at all and get any diving in this week?
2: Uh, let's see, since, yeah, I got in Sunday. Yeah? Yeah, it looks like
0: I saw some photos out there. So, when we get to that part of the show, we're going to have some things to talk about. And I'm also pleased to announce that we have been renewed for one more season on uh, the Reno Viola or (laughs) Reno Viola Outdoor Radio Network, 24 7 by 365. You can hear us multiple times each week. If you go to their website, wrvoradio.com or renoviolaoutdoors.com, you can see the schedule and see when the show plays. And that's a streaming service. There's also a brand new app that's available. You can go to iTunes and you type in uh, Reno Viola Outdoors and it will come up. And it's also got an Android version. So another way of listening to us. So let's go ahead and jump right on into the news. This first article, is that the one I had up first? It doesn't seem like a very exciting one to start off with. But the California, California. Now, Mac, before the show, I was saying I was going to have no problem pronouncing all the tough names today. And I can't pronounce California. California fishery managers try to curb spiny lobster hunting as value grows. So to kind of paraphrase what they're talking about in the articles, it appears that they're getting concerned that as uh, the, the lobsters become more valuable, that uh, the demand them is going to increase. The lobster, uh, the lobster fishery management plan will maintain certain lobster fishing regulations that have been in place for decades in Southern California to serve and serve to refine others. That's according to Travis Buck, a fish and wildlife marine biologist working on the plan. The FMP will also review fishery management methods used in lobster fisheries and other parts of the world to examine any other conservation and management measures that should be considered. The fishery stretches from Monterey Bay to Mexico is one of the state's largest and most lucrative fisheries. Uh, because they could be sold for such high prices. In 2013, the commercial fishery landed 772,305 pounds of spiny lobster, and this is according to Department of Fish and Wildlife. Estimates, estimates for the recreational lobsters take a little bit more mercury, uh, mercury, <laughs> murky, since those fisheries only report their kill on the state-mandated lobster cards. They're also supposed to return to fishery management each year, but rarely do. Uh, fishers have seen more take from their lobster fisheries, and they're worried that the, what well, happens is that the commercial sector continues to grow. It is highly populated, very urban population. We've got recreational divers that make up to the, 30 per, the 50% of the lobster fishery. That's really unique to California because other places have spiny lobster fisheries. South Africa, the Caribbean, New Zealand, Australia don't have the recreational pressure. Commercial fisheries get lobsters using a baited method of metal traps on the ocean floor with long lines attached to a buoy. Free divers like uh, Romanowski search for them in relatively shallow waters from 10 to 40 feet deep using their hand scuba divers. Similarly, fish lobsters one at a time by hand. But since 2007, most recreational fisheries have been done using hoop nets, uh, a newer technology that allows people to leave baited nets in the water to grab lobsters that don't actually have to swim for them. They, they tend to be very effective. Recreational fishery are only allowed to take seven lobsters per trip, but poachers have found ways around the limit. Uh, this, according to Romanowski, who recommends that the state limit recreational take uh, to 70 lobsters per, se- per season. Limits on the number of commercial traps allowed are also under consideration. We need to keep the fishery viable and productive and exciting for everyone. Right now, it's 1% of the fishermen taking 90% of the fish. These guys know what they're doing, and that's what makes them. So dangerous. And they go on and on and give some more details. Did I lose you guys?
2: Nope, I was just
1: listening to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Paying
2: attention. I think
1: what they said, since they can be sold for $25 a pound right off the boat.
0: Yeah, that seems kind of pricey, actually.
1: I was was saying the Chinese market prefers the more meaty, spiny lobster to Maine lobster. I didn't realize that either, because I've always liked Maine lobster.
0: You know, I don't know if I've had a spiny lobster. You know, with my family from Maine, it was just Maine was the automatically what we were used to. Um,
1: $25 a pound? That's freaking high.
0: That seems like a lot. Well, then what I'm kind of puzzled by, you know, considering California, which I consider that they have a regulation on everything, and they sound like they don't have one on how many, how many lobster you, you catch as a commercial fishing. Is that possible?
1: Well, I said estimates for the recreational lobster the, the take they do is murky since fishers only report their kill on state mandated lobster cards. Yeah, we were supposed to turn in, but rarely do. Well, duh.
0: Yeah. Well, we 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 uh, talked about that before. They just it's like you're supposed to, but if you don't have any penalties or teeth or like you know if you don't turn the card in this year, you don't get one next year. I mean, there's there's ways they could get around that. And if there's and if there's no limit, then why would you not want to do it? I think it's just inconvenient for the people to fill out the cards, is why they don't do it.
1: Well, they were saying recreational divers make up thirty to fifty percent of the lobster fishery. Now, what do they do in in Florida? Is it similar? Um, if, if California's got a problem, one would think Florida would have a problem.
0: Yeah, I think Florida season. Well, the one thing is we we almost need a side by side comparison. You know, how long are their seasons? Because Florida has like mini season, which I think believe is just a few days. And then California, is it a full-blown season?
1: I don't know, but it seems like one would be similar to the other. But again, I don't know.
0: Yeah. They said, unlike Maine relatives, the spiny lobsters don't have pincers or more spider-like than crawfish. They also say, everything eats them. So few lobsters grow to be adults that hide in the rocky caves.
1: I like that part where they said in the 1800s, they were so abundant, a single person could fi- catch Five hundred pounds in two hours—that's <coughs> a lot of lobsters.
0: <laughs> well, that would—that would—you'd be they, the lobster would almost be a menace at that point if you can catch five hundred pounds.
1: Yeah, it'd be dangerous.
0: Yeah, you'd be out there. Well, of course they of course these, they say they're more. The you get speared by these as opposed to clawed.
1: Well, did you see the season it says open September twenty eighth, closes March twentieth.
0: That's a long season.
1: I can't. I, you know that it's got to be chilly I mean I don't no Frisco uh-huh. it's getting chilly out there, and that was in the summer.
0: I don't want to hear them crying. they don't have ice in the water <laughs> <laughs> and for lobster I mean that just wouldn't, wouldn't' the thought of eating the lobster make you warm?
1: Oh yeah,
0: yeah so it's there, i'm trying I'm trying to figure out what the agenda of the article was you know is this uh trying to get are they attacking the you know the the recreational divers or the commercial divers you know are they going to come up with a balance?
1: Well, but hoop net fishing is what's doing it. Yeah, well,
0: it seems like they just say, do you limit how they can catch? Because I don't believe in Florida you can hoop net, but I think you just have to catch by hand.
1: Yeah, I really don't know.
0: So if somebody knows, you know, drop us a line. We'll, we'll, we'll do a follow up. I'm not, I'm not so interested in it that I'm going to do a whole lot of research on it, but, uh,
1: just. And if anybody wants to send any frozen lobsters to us so we can check them out. Oh, yeah. Check the difference between them, send them to your address.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah We, we could, uh, Verify that they are indeed lobsters and tasty. We could have the butter index.
1: Well, we would be able to compare them with uh, our lobsters, you know. Yeah, the I've cliff- never had a spiny one, so I'd, I'd be more than willing to give you
2: my opinion on a spiny lobster. Mm-hmm. Just make sure if you ship them, you ship them live so that they arrive live.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, send us airfare out. We'll go over there and I'll uh, catch them for ourselves.
0: Yeah, yeah, we could do that. I'd you know Put us up for the night. I mean, even though I was just out there a couple weeks ago, I could... Now, what they say the date was? September? Gosh, I could have gone out and caught some lobster.
2: Tell wow. you what, you put me out there and put me up for the night, I'll buy my own lobster. <laughs> you buy your own.
0: Well, if you're going to be near the Mado City, the good news is they have a hyperbaric chamber. The Tourism Infrastructure and Enterprise Zone Authority, Ortiz, has opened the first ever hyperbaric chamber in Mado City, which could be a life-saving therapy to scuba divers and hobbyists. the chamber will be used to treat decompression sickness and they go on to explain it which you know anybody who listens to the show knows that it's the buildup of nitrogen into the the, t- the tissues and then if you let those bubbles expand too rapidly by going too quickly to the surface you can end up with the bends so they go on to thank everybody they'll be charging thirty six thousand for each session and that would give 50% off the divers who are member of the Philippine Commission on Sports Scuba Diving.
1: They must not have Dan cards there. I bet
0: Dan would, would cover you, wouldn't you? Isn't, aren't they supposed to?
1: Oh, well, I'm sure they would. But I don't think Dan charges you quite as much.
0: No. I don't know. What was 36,000p equival, equivalent to? Let's see. The great uh, Internet of Everything. Let's see. Is that Philippines? Oh, I, I can't type without. I can't type and talk at the same time today.
1: Well, it's a Philippine peso. Oh, peso. And let's see here. USD 1PHP is .02231 USD.
0: Okay, I didn't make any... So let's see. 0.22? 0.02231.
2: Okay, so
1: it's
2: 2 cents. 2.2 cents.
1: So 36,000 times 2 cents.
2: So 36,000
0: is what they said it was going to be. That comes out to 802... About 803 U.S. dollars. Eh, I, I think that's worth it for not being paralyzed.
1: Yeah. Doesn't sound so much when you say $720. <laughs> or
0: 802 yeah. 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 It's, it's uh, not, not too bad. So it's good that they have it out, especially when we've seen in the U.S. that we've got locations that are taking their chambers out. And you look at the photo, that's a pretty decent-sized chamber. It's not oh, a...
1: It cost them, what, $20 That's is what they said it cost them?
0: Well, $20 million, again, pesos. So let's see what that come out to. Tara I just lost it. Where I had that all the math. Okay, twenty million.
1: That's only forty thousand,
0: isn't it? Probably closer to four
2: hundred.
0: It says four hundred forty-six thousand dollars.
1: That sounds like a pretty good deal for a heavy-duty chamber. Yeah, hmm.
0: yeah, it's a good-sized one. It's not quite as big as the the one in Kalamazoo, but it's a still pretty decent-sized.
1: Yeah.
0: It makes you think of how much that one in Kalamazoo would be if they had to put it in today. That would that would yeah. make that about a million-dollar chamber.
1: Oh, I bet you.
0: Not to, to say anything for liability. And we have the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Association has removed some marine debris near Hawaii.
1: You, you were going to surprise us and pronounce that word, blank, Marine National Monument in Hawaii?
0: Debris?
1: No, the word in front of marine, National Monument. Oh, in
0: front of marine. Okay, well, let's get this article to come up. It says the webpage is not available. Somebody must be... Yeah.
2: Thing i'm getting yeah it's no it's
0: a government you know it was it are they is congress talking about doing something again is that yep, what happened it came
2: up yeah. it came up
0: so the papa hanako monaco marine <laughs> national <laughs> monument sure, 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 <laughs> if that's not it it is now but it, sounds good. it sounded it sounded real authoritative you just got to yeah yeah they've only got a few vowels and a bunch of consonants all stacked up so there we go and i'm not saying it again i'm gonna just quit while i'm ahead it is a World Heritage Site and one of the largest marine conservation areas in the world. They removed approximately 57 tons of derelict fishing nets and plastic litter from the monument Stanley Island and atoll-sensitive coral reefs and shallow waters. The amount of marine debris we find in this remote, untouched place is shocking. This is according to Mark Manuel, operations manager for NOAA Fisheries Coral Reef Ecosystems Division, and Chief Scientist for the mission. Every day we pulled up nets weighing hundreds of pounds from the coral. We filled the dumps, the dumpster on the SETI to the top with nets. Then we filled the decks. There's a point when you can handle no more, but there's still a lot out there. Uh, divers encountered and rescued three turtles tangled in different nets. They also spent several days removing a 28-foot by 7-foot super net that extended 16 feet deep and weighed 11 tons, a net which had been cut into three pieces and towed separately back to the SETI, had uh, destroyed Coral and Atoll and posed a huge wildlife entanglement risk. On the shores of the Midway Atoll National Wildlife Refuge, also part of the monument, the team surveyed and removed nearly six and a quarter tons of plastic trash, paying special attention to the bottle caps and cigarette lighters that were commonly eaten by birds. They removed and counted thousands of pieces of plastic, including 7,436 hard plastic Fragments, 3,758 bottle caps, 1,469 plastic beverage bottles, and 477 lighters. The divers worked out of small boats and launched from the SETI, systematically surveying the coral reef at Margot Reef, Pearl, and Hermes Atoll, Midway Atoll by swimming and, and tow boarding, which looks like a blast, by the way. Uh, they use maps marked with GIS locations and are based on 15 years of data on net accumulation hotspots and weather trends. Once divers located nets, some of which were massive tangled balls of several nets, they relied on their own physical strength and on ropes to remove it from the coral and into the boat. N- NOAA has done this mission every year since 1996, removing a total of 904 tons of marine debris. So that's a, it's a shame that they have to do that every year.
1: Oh, you see that last part to say after the nets are unloaded from the city that were used as fuel to generate electricity as part of Hawaii's nets to energy?
0: Huh, that's a pretty cool idea. Burn, baby, burn. <laughs> yeah, <clears> there's <throat> a long time pyro up for that.
1: I like the part where the team also recovered two 30-foot boat at Pearl and Hermes Atoll, suspected to have come from Japan as a result of the uh, 20-level tsunami.
0: Tsunami. Yeah, it makes sense that they could work their way. Those boats could be about neutrally buoyant and just keep going. Because they're talking about midway, aren't they? Yeah. So that's yeah, that's that's out there. I mean, it's in that general direction.
1: Well, this continuation from last month, uh, last week, when you talked about the other area that they were getting those traps, remember mm-hmm. they were making them? Which yeah. Which is nothing but net and something to attract the fish. Yeah. Looks like uh, the same thing, only on a real big stage. Yeah, I maybe. Mean, half tons of net, that's a lot of stuff. Maybe they just need to stop
0: using these nets. That'd make me real popular, wouldn't it?
1: i uh, would make you real popular.
0: And then we've got this next one. Little Campbell River Company is making a global splash. And see, I, it's, a, it's a courierislander.com, so I have no idea where Little Campbell River is. Is that British Columbia? Is that in Canada somewhere? It's in Canada. Is that where it is? So if they're... Yes.
1: T- so if they're t- divers, Small Business Week, uh, Canadian enter- Entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah. So they have the, the owners of this uh, business, Kelly and Catherine Coral, are working on two programs in Panama. One certifying divers to work in open ocean aquaculture and also certifying divers to work on sh- ship's husbandry in the Panama Canal. We mostly teach here in the, the, the Campbell River, but we have taught courses on St. John's, Newfoundland, St. George, New Brunswick, and just recently taught a surface supply diving course in Masset First Nation Band in Hadigawi, said Coral, who started Dive Safe International in 2006 after a commercial diving program at North Island College was cut along with his instructor position. <laughs> yeah, if they, if they cut your job, you just need to find another market for it. He said, "I knew there was a need and a market for local commercial divers, so I stuck out my own with Dive Safe and we've been going strong ever since." He has trained and graduated over 600 divers. Most divers come from other provinces, and we've had students from Trinidad, France, Ecuador, Russia, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Last year, we trained over 100 divers, making us the commercial diving school with the most graduates in Canada. Carl said they cannot get. Many local high school graduates signing up for diving school. He wants to get the word out that they are great while paying jobs on the north end of the island. He considers the job market very good for people who attend the five-week commercial scuba diving course, describing the situation where students graduate on Friday and are working on Monday. Employers are calling us constantly looking for our grads. These young guys and gals need to know that they don't have to go to Fort Mac for work. They can stay right here and do really well. Most uh, dive safe graduates find their work in growing aquaculture industry. Others work in environmental assessment, scientific diving, engineering inspection, marine construction, the film industry, seafood harvesting, search and recovery. Because of the regulation involved in history, Coral describes the work as very safe and as well as interesting. Now, Mac, when you went to commercial dive school, how how long was that?
1: Uh, Mine was uh, three months for the standard, and then when you started going to the SAT course, that got increased, and then if you took side courses as EMT, that was another six months. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the the really good ones now actually have degree programs. So when you get out of it, you are a well-rounded individual.
0: Yeah, because it, especially when you're talking about the, like those are Gulf Coast uh, diving jobs. That that's a young man's activity. So you want to have some some skills that when you get to you don't want to put your body underneath uh, those conditions. There's other related activities you're qualified to do.
1: Well, the classes you take like that is, obviously it's easier to train a good welder to dive than it is a diver to be a good welder. Small engine repair is a big, big deal because compressors, engines, like that, you can take care of. So as many tools as you can possess in your toolbox besides diving makes you a more saleable individual.
0: Yeah, because when they said five-week course, that didn't seem like that long. So this is
1: commercial scuba, it said, right? Commercial scuba and inshore surface supply diver course. If they did nothing more than teach the requirements to meet the in this case the Canadian OSHA equivalent, you'd need five weeks.
0: Yeah. So this is like open water diving with understanding the OSHA or the you know the Canadian version requirements for safety.
1: Well, that just leads us into another topic. We're not going to talk about it this time, but uh, <laughs> there's that upgoing uh, underground current. Well, they're in the government. They want to have a new agency uh, and a licensing for scuba divers. It's uh, the United States government scuba certification. Uh, There's so much controversy between PADI and NAOI and YMCA and SDS and SSA. It's confusing. So what they want to do is make a codification of all of those together. So everybody teaches the same way. So nobody gets left out of how to do something. And can't say well, mine's better because we do this. The government's going to make one camp course for everybody that makes all of those go in together, which makes sense, right? No. <laughs> the other item they're going to say is, and you have to be recertified every three years. Meaning, if you get it and you don't dive, uh, you start over. So, and of course, there'll be a slight fee for the you know for the renewal of your certification that you have to provide documentation for that you did continue your diving. Oh
0: yeah, and there's going to be a fee that goes to the government as part of that as well.
1: Well, yeah, is, it's going to be run by the government, so it'll be you know uh, fully vested. You'll have the correct forms and applications, and I'm sure it'll will be better off for it. So now,
0: now, hopefully, Patty is fighting this.
1: I probably not. I mean, because the government knows. I mean, they know best, and obviously, we're not doing a good job because you know you talk to Patty and now and the guys go, you know, they're after each other. They need to stop that controversy. So, <laughs> a governmental. You have a, you know, certifying agency that's going to resolve the issues.
0: Wow, I I completely miss that. I have not heard any of those conversations going on.
2: You're not watching your government close enough. Oh,
0: I I, I honestly I've t- I had to take a break for the last uh, couple weeks. I I've got a few programs that I I listen to religiously, and you know you spend about an hour and a half a day trying to keep up on what the government's doing, and it wears you out. It it turns you jaded, so you have to just kind of do some silly stuff and listen to some pure entertainment for a few weeks before I I turn back into it.
1: Well, I I think we can detox on the 5th, right?
0: Yeah, supposedly. (laughs) Well, if you go the 4th, you should be able to get a politician to buy you a drink. Isn't that the tradition? Chicago rules?
1: Or many of them, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, South Bend is, you know, know, we'll get some real local here, but, uh, you know, South Bend was notorious for that, I've heard. Yeah, that no. I'm not looking forward to the anything like that. We need to keep the government out of regulating it.
2: I'll well, go to Benton Harbor. They'll buy you two drinks. Yeah. Oh God. for each voter. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just don't know how you can be that way, though, because it sounds really simple. Why have all these varied guys doing different items? Let's uh. just have one big umbrella. Uncle Sam will take care of us. <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and if if you believe that uh, Mac is saying that, you can get you know here's his personal email. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Delaware Water Gap uh, divers battle conditions and, and emotions. Uh, this story out of the mcall.com website was uh, talking about uh, U.S. Park Rangers and their diving. So this must be this must be the link you were talking about. So they're going to show us how to do it. So this is a training program they were doing, and uh, they took the opportunity to go and look up a long submerged railroad car. It was uh, in the 30-foot depths. uh, The divers studied the cars from two trains that crashed there decades ago. The oldest was a Delaware-Lackawanna Western Railroad train that plummeted into the river on May 18, 1948. And This is according to uh, the newspaper's archives. The second came nearly 30 years later when the Erie-Lackawanna train slipped on the rails and landed near the 1948 wreck on September 11, 1975. Divers had long known about the wrecks, and uh, they've even had a suva, a souvenir hunter who attempted to haul a large piece of metal up from the depths. But when he got it to the surface, he figured out that things weigh more once you try and get them out of the water and they let it drop. Uh, last week, the trainees and instructors felled around the edges of the wreck to create an inventory as a part of a 40-hour refresher training course, which must be they're going to make that mandatory. In addition to studying physiology, physics, and math in the classroom, local park divers got wet during their course, and officials will use the information to preserve the train crash site for future times. <laughs> really? We have to preserve the train wreck?
2: It's in a national park.
0: So here's what you do. Your train goes in the water, you get fined for it falling in the water, and you don't remove it. And then this, the federal government will will try and preserve it. Archaeologists now one in the growing number of jobs in the park's dive team, the six-member band band of the National Park Service employees who plunge the depths of the gap's various liquid spots. Like their counterparts above the surface, the park's water-bound workers study wildlife, look for structural damage, and handle troubles for guests. Uh, One of their primary roles is pulling bodies out from rivers, lakes, and ponds. No one was hurt in the 1975 train wreck, but it caused a massive fire, dumped a chemical slick in the Delaware River with loads of beer bottles en route to the Miller Brewery in Milwaukee. The 1948 wreck claimed the lives of at least two men. The body of fireman Daniel uh, was that Krushing-Kursk, who recovered a day later by State Trooper Edward T. Bineski, who found the body in 40 feet from shore, 30 feet of water. Now, they they said that they doubt that he was using scuba gear since the scuba diving wasn't so advanced in those days. And they go on with some additional features. But uh, I wonder if you can dive on the train. They don't say anything yeah. about that. Can you?
2: Yeah, it appears so because they're you know, talk about divers accessing it and saving it for future divers. Hmm. It's a recreational area, and it appears to be buoyed. So I watched the video, and I don't know what these guys were complaining about. They had at least... Ten feet of visibility in that video.
0: Ten feet. Yeah. So that. So that's no visibility.
2: Well, you know. Okay. It it looked like it was a lot of that area. You get the the brown water, uh, Mm -hmm. like a tannic
0: tannic. or
2: tannic. Yes, the tannic water from from the trees. The there's a lot of evergreen and trees up in that area, and so you get the tannic water, which. Close to the surface, you've got a lot more viz than you do deep because it blocks the sunlight. And when you get down, you get a lot of reflected light if you're using any kind of hand lights. But you look at the video on the site, and they came up with, you know, the divers near the surface had at least 10 feet of viz going back and forth to see each other. And when a guy got down in the water, you know, on the bottom, he had at least three to four. So I don't know what they're complaining about. When you see your glove, it's a good day.
0: Yeah, so it's not quite as good a visibility as you're going to get in the uh, Bahamas or Florida on a good day.
2: Beats the river sometimes. Yeah, our river.
0: Yeah, uh... so Mac in in the St. Joe River. What's the worst visibility you've seen?
2: No visibility. We've no. Of...
0: <laughs> Where you hold your your gauge up to your mask and you still can't see it.
1: Yeah, we've had that. Mm-hmm. Had now, that.
0: Now, what is the best?
1: On the wreck. I've had we've had over a hundred foot out there. Well, on
0: the wreck, but I'm talking about in the river, if you're doing a river
2: dive.
1: I had one on the in the river, actually between the piers that I had every bit of thirty feet. Wow. Never it's like I went around the edge, it's like what the hell? What happened here? I can see something. So I had to go back and get another tank so I could enjoy it. <laughs> thirty feet. You thirty feet be across.
2: Now was that it must be, been out of the east pushing the lake up up the river?
1: It was freaky, yeah. No current, absolutely no yeah. current. Uh, yeah,
2: so, so you had you, the lake river pushing up the piers, pushing the river backwards.
0: Okay, well that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, because about the best I've seen, and that's up at uh, when we were diving there in Niles. I think we've had maybe ten, fifteen.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've had fifteen in Niles. Yeah.
0: And if you got some good visibility. Uh, Divers were you can do things like this where they were brought in to find a family heirloom. This is in uh, Rufford Rufford Lake, out of the UK. Divers made an underwater rescue to reunite a couple with a valuable ring and family heirloom which was lost at the Rufford Abbey Count Count Country Country. Why is that? That looks it's a weird font. Country Parks Lake Mansfield Woodhouse couple Julian Stephen Turner contacted the Nottinghamshire County. country county that now that one's county the other one was country they keep they're trying to trip me up council's ranger team in distress after losing the ring in the lake on sunday october 5th while feeding the ducks rangers were unable to retrieve the ring but authorized for family friend phil elson and his diving team from the tribe scuba uh to take part in a search mission so they had to get approval (laughs) to the divers in the water oh that's just gonna get me going again Following a meeting with county council colleagues Linda Hardy and John Clegg at Rufford to understand more about the geography of the lake, Phil and colleagues entered the water and found the ring within 10 minutes using an underwater metal detector. Julie's niece Holly had diving lessons of the tribe's Cuba and put in touch with Phil who undertook to rescue as a, for free as a favor. I was astraught when it happened. I put the ring on, and as we were feeding bread to the ducks, it literally slipped off my finger and into the water. The rangers tried to retrieve it that afternoon, but to no avail, so we got in touch with diving experts to see if they could help. We love visiting Rufford, and everyone at the county council and the tribe scuba have been so helpful. it's been a difficult few weeks not knowing if we could get it back. We are elated. Then they go and give a little bit about the history of the ring. It was a 14-karat gold ring with a large opal stone held together by four large clasps worth about 500 pounds well it's 500 pounds no wonder it fell off her finger
1: strong sure, woman
0: <laughs> yes i know it's that's uh pounds is money uh phil said i was confident i'd get the ring back but the water is so silty and so very dark we had to work inch by inch the support of the rangers was vital to help build up a picture where the ring was so we get it back safely and quickly now i'd like to know what the visibility was there because they're making it sound like it was really bad if they were going inch by inch but we've been in similar situations where you're looking for something like that. and I don't care if you got perfect visibility there. It's really tough to find.
1: You're talking about the time we went up uh, towards Grand Rapids that time?
0: Oh, yeah. That and I don't—I wouldn't call sure. that great vis.
1: No, I wasn't a great vis, but, I mean, that type of scenario you're talking about is what we did. Yeah,
0: and then you're always into it, like, well, where were you standing when you did this? How far in the water did it go? And then yeah. the fact that they had rangers probably out there with nets, you know, churning everything up trying to
2: pull it in
1: yeah i'm gonna be off for a minute i'm trying to my computer just went down so i'll be back in a minute
2: okay well if we're gonna take a break i will be back in a minute too
0: that's time for commercial break
2: if you like the show you are listening to right
0: now you can listen to it and many more just like it on reno viola outdoors radio Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit wrvoradio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great
1: outdoors.
0: I have to apologize for to uh, St. Louis Sam, who's in the chat room. I was kind of ignoring him. He's a couple layers down in my windows. When we got started, there wasn't anybody hanging around in there, which it happens from time to time. I I try to figure out when I should let people know that we're recording. Sometimes I do it a couple hours before. Sometimes I do it a week before. It seems like if I do it a couple hours before, it goes better. I'm thinking about doing a newsletter that will launch right before we record the show, so people will get a little bit. But he gave us a a few pointers in there that, that we didn't pick up with at the time on answering the mini lobster season in Florida. He says it's two days in July, regular season is August 6th to March 31st. So that's a good long season of Florida then.
1: I wonder if there's a limit.
0: I think there is. Uh, I can't. I just can't remember what it is right now. I have to
2: get a hold of Dave. Yeah,
0: and then when you were talking about commercial diving, Mac, you, you wanted to know what a SAT course is.
1: <clears throat> Saturation diving in a mini bell is what they start you out, and then you, that's when they're... That's when you go down and decompress and you stay down there for a week. Now, Young what do you, guy, baby? <laughs>
0: yeah. W- w- so what were you doing in a week while you are sitting in the bell?
1: Well, fortunately, I was not.
0: Oh, you didn't have to do that?
1: I didn't I did not take the mini-sat because I was not going to go out to the North Sea and live in the bottom. You, you've got to like to live in a small, confined space like a uh, pressure chamber for several weeks on end. It pays real good, but uh, like I said, you got to like— Close spaces. Uh, you gotta like the people you're with, and invariably, if you stay in um, a sat for enough time, you will definitely get ear infection.
0: Ah, yeah, that makes sense.
1: And then some of the items they're looking for now is because of long-term uh, high pressure. They were getting porosity in their bones, and that's what they're looking like. You know, looking at now is some of the long-term effect for doing that kind of diving.
0: Yeah, so that that that's that's for all the people who want to do all the long-term saturation diving now with the internet and uh you know netflix and dvds it's probably not quite as bad as it used to be
1: i'd imagine it would be easier i mean you got more diversions yeah. now than you did the, yeah.
0: probably a lot of book reading before
1: and if you got a landline or a, um, a line from the surface so you can get good internet yeah it's got to make a difference yeah
0: and then he was also talking about with well, the government running the scuba certification courses that there would be a continuing ed point requirement as well
1: well, yeah, and that'll be only at a slight charge, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's only so many points. Let's see, what do we need to balance the budget? Okay, divers, you can pay. Yeah. So probably what it costs us now for the whole course in the first place is about what they'll want every three years.
1: I just remember when there was absolutely no charge to have your boat inspected for safety gear. Remember that?
0: Are they charge now for it?
1: <laughs> do, do you have to have a license and get a tag on your boat? Yeah. What's the purpose of that, other than taxes and money for the state? Well, that's, that's to be so, able to
0: track the boats should they find it
1: floating in the water. Isn't that also supposed to provide money to provide the services to oh, yeah. make sure you stay safe?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, you know, the, isn't it for all those boat
1: ramps and stuff? That's launch fees. That's different, isn't it?
0: <laughs> There's a fee, whichever way you look at it. So well, you got
1: to admit, though, as long as, you know, right now you're a diver, as long as you got an empty tank in your closet. Yeah. Just within that aspect. You ain't no diver if you don't have a current C card.
0: So what we do is it's a little L C D plate. So as soon as you're not you're no longer paid your fee, then it would just your diver plate on the front of your car would like turn off.
1: Well I'm sure and I'm sure they wouldn't use your social security number as a tracking number. <laughs> yeah. So they know where you are and how you did it. And I'd I'd like it. I it looks like the little hologram would be really neat, you know, of your face and stuff. <laughs>
0: Uh, This next article is at smithsonian.com, and they're talking about an Arctic explorer's journal that was found in melting ice. George Murray Levick served as a photographer, zoologist, and surgeon with the North Party. And what they did is they discovered the the journal uh, near one of the structures in the Antarctic. It was uh, picked out from the ice as a clump of soaked paper, Uh, conservationists. Have now been able to reconstruct and digitize a lost notebook. It was the one that was carried by a team that set out by Robert Falcon Scott's failed Terra Nova expedition. Levick was part of Scott's 1910 to 1930 expedition. A member of the Northern Party. 1913. The 1910 to 1913, right? Yeah. Okay, I must have said something else. But when I listen to it, I'll go. What? What was I thinking? <laughs> They said the notebook contained his pencil notes detailing the date, subjects, and exposure details for the photographs he took during the 1911 while well, at Camp Adair before undergoing the harsh winter in an ice cave on the inexpressible island. On Terra Nova Mission, Scott lost his life in a bid to reach the South Pole. Levick survived, says a trust going on to found the British School ex- School's Exploring Society. So it didn't pay to be the guy in charge if the other people made it. I'll have to reread that. I, I, I've read stories about that before, but they're able to uh, conserve it. Now this article doesn't talk about it, but the other one did is that they're taking the conserved book and putting it back down in the Antarctic. So are they going to put it back in the puddle?
1: Somebody else can redo the job. Yeah, well, that's... Unless they use a disc, put it on the back cover. So they've got two different ways to uh, reconstruct it next time.
0: Well, I I just didn't understand why do you... I mean, it was trash in the first place. Why does it need to go back? You know, if if you're going to put a museum down there, like that's going to be a tourist attraction, and you go in and you can look at it. But why does it have to go back? Is it, you know, the polar, the, the magnetic field of the earth going to shift because the journal's not down there? Was there a curse?
1: I, I like the curse idea. Yeah.
0: He's going to come and photograph you. I, I don't know. It's just, Steal seems, your soul it just it, there's got to be, there, again, there's got to be more to it. But yeah, they're, they're, they're taking it back down there. And speaking of curses or, or, or things of that nature, a sacrificial altar is discovered in 2,200 year old ancient Greek shipwreck near Italy. Deep-sea divers from the Global Underwater Explorers, GUE, work together with Italian archaeologists and have covered a 2,200-year-old sacrificial altar from an ancient Greek shipwreck that was sunk in Roman times on the Aeolian Islands and Panaria near Italy.
2: Looks like a birdbath. I, I think they
1: I They could... birds. Come on. Yeah. It looks like a birdbath.
0: You know, it looks like one of those, remember those little, that you used to buy for your kids, a little sit-and-spin? It's like one of those upside down. Yeah, you know, it's got Mattel or something on the on, on the side.
1: This is the same boat we talked about last week too. You know,
0: that was doing the Antitheria project, or
1: well, the, where they were diving down to. Well, here it says 426 feet. Uh huh. Talking about the guys doing tech diving mm-hmm. and being directed by the guys in the little submersibles because it's easier yeah. to use your hands. Yeah. So this is uh Actually, some better pictures and stuff this time.
0: Yeah, I like these pictures a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Showed a little bit more. And this one actually had divers in the water.
2: Yeah, with a sub behind them. Yeah,
0: because look, he had, uh, well, how many tanks is that? that Are those rebreathers? It's hard to tell.
2: Yeah, it's rebreather.
0: So it's rebreathers with a bunch of bailouts. And that's a bunch of
1: bailouts. You you notice this is the same picture we talked about last week when we said, golly, I bet that was staged. Is that the same one? (laughs) Think, yeah, if you went back to the link last week and look at this picture, the only difference is the M4 did not have the line on it like it does now.
0: Oh, okay. Well, this doesn't look quite as staged. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just not as jaded this week <laughs> after talking about government. Um,
1: They're only here to serve and protect. Yeah. They know best, by the way.
0: <laughs> Somebody needs to do a mashup of all the times we, we grumble about the government. You just kind of put it all together. You make like a little rap song out of it. But I would um, love
1: to. It, are we justified
0: though? Uh, I believe so. So uh, it's, a, it's a fun find. I'd love to have been there. I, now the surface shot where it shows them, what are all those tanks? Are those like mixing gases like the helium and oxygen that's being mixed when they compress?
1: Yeah, that'd be your air banks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was some pretty decent number of tanks they got there. Plus then you probably also have the same thing in the submersible as well. Yeah. Yeah, you're working at
1: 400 feet plus, you're going to take a lot of gas.
0: Yeah, you put me at 400 feet plus, I'm going to give you a lot of gas.
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure they're going to give you Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, things like that to help.
0: Yeah, th- things is to keep you regular.
1: Well, no. it looks like we, it, they may have one semi-geriatric diver there.
0: Semi? Semi. So you're saying he was he was over 50?
1: Well, the one on the left, anyway, by the birdbath? Mm-hmm. Maybe him.
2: That's not a birdbath, Mac.
1: That's
2: an <laughs> antique sacrificial of altar were they sacrificing babies i think you're right i think there are birds birds <laughs> it's a bird bath
0: we, we we sacrifice this robin so that we may go across the water uh what happened to amelia Earhart? uh sonar uh, anomalies hint at wreckage the record of Jamelia Earhart's plane might have been spotted by a remote control underwater vehicle off a tiny Pacific Atoll. And then we've covered this one like annually for the last two or three years.
1: And this is also talked about on the aviation boards. Yeah. You
2: know, it sounds like they're they're narrowing in on it.
0: So you think I mean, I wanna believe, but they, they're they're kind of like us in that uh wreck uh that we keep saying that we find in, in Lake Michigan and uh when I say that what's that what's that one? the Griffin The Griffin yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it, it, it seems like every time there's like a bolt or something that make they try to make a big deal about it and at some point people get numb. So hopefully they've got something because it, it's it's like they always announce too soon. In June 2015, the group plans to sail the research vessel for a 24-day expedition to investigate the anomaly with a remotely operated vehicle. So that's why they did it. They've, they've got done with one, and they're already needing to get funds for the next one. Yep. The underwater anomaly detected off the coast of the tiny Pacific Atoll, uh, the Nukamoro Row, 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 row uh, could be the wreckage of Amelia Earhart's aircraft. It is right size and right location, according to the International Group for Historic Aircraft Recovery. Discovery the aircraft could be put to bed one of the greatest mysteries of the 20th century. She disappeared in 1937 along with her navigator, Fred Noonan, during an attempt to fly around the world. The pair headed east from Oakland, California, in a modified twin-engine Lockheed Electra 10E. All communication was lost with the duo during the final leg of their journey en route to the Howland Island in the Pacific where they were last seen and Ley, New Guinea. This new expedition was prompted because of a shard of aluminum when Earhart stopped in Miami at the beginning of a round-the-world voyage, she had windows on her plane placed, replaced with shiny aluminum patches. More than two decades ago, a piece of debris was found on the island. We're going to proceed with the assumption that we have a piece that, of that airplane. His colleagues think the aluminum shard is another reason to keep searching for the plane around the island. The underwater anomaly was detected as sonar off the coast during an expedition in 2012, headed up to about 600 feet. So this isn't even new information. This is a the same information we had before.
1: I'm just curious, what kind of unit did they have that picked up a shard of aluminum at 600 feet?
0: Well, I thought they said the aluminum came to shore.
2: Yeah, that came to shore. It's the uh, anomaly they're getting is at 600 feet, yeah. which they think maybe the plane sliding aircraft slid down the... Yeah. Building.
0: They've also got photos on the island with something that looks like a, a plane sitting out offshore. And then they also had where they thought it had slid down, you know off an edge and the different things so it's and then there were bones on the island and they, they've they've had quite a bit so it's very possible they just it's like everything has been circumstantial and not quite the the meaty evidence you need to say that is it for sure
1: yeah i mean considering you had a war war out in that area and i'm sure there was a lot of japanese planes american planes mm-hmm. russian planes lost shot down fell down so uh, a small piece of aluminum is going to make the difference.
0: <laughs> now, when does aluminum start getting used in any volumes?
1: I don't really know.
0: Because uh, I can remember, you know, the, the, since we're talking about weird things, aliens in Roswell, New Mexico, that was what got everybody on that thinking it was alien was aluminum. I mean, aluminum, the what was it Napoleon gave a gift of aluminum to the United States and it was, you know, the, the value would today would be about a million dollars because of how rare aluminum was at that time so between Napoleon's time you know in the and then in the 30s you know aluminum had started to become a little bit more common so that does it for scuba in the news we do have one other article to go over and this is potentially cool scuba gear this is a underwater sports car a 1.2 million pound submarine that was inspired by the James Bond Lotus and they say it glides along the seabed at 75 miles per hour. It's a zero-emission submarine sports car. Powered electric motor can reach speeds of 121 kilometers or 75 miles per hour. So the propellers two water jets provide lift as onboard laser-guided sensors to enable cruising along autonomously. I don't know if I believe that. Will it stop when it sees something? The submarine car, which was, of course, inspired by James Bond, plane's the only vehicle that drives underwater as well as it does under land.
1: I think they ought to invite us out there to do a trial. Yeah,
0: I think I think we need to give it a, a go. Or or it needs, if it can't work in Lake Michigan, what good is it? <laughs> so they can bring it out here. You know, it should have a depth rating to go down the max wreck. Do they say how deep it will go?
1: Well, I imagine it can go as deep as you want since it's a uh, wet sub. Yeah. You know, at least I think I'd make it a hard top so I could put an air bubble in so I'd have my face, you know, clear.
0: you think so. Or you could even do it like as a, uh, yeah, you could do it like a, like a, like a communications booth. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, the, you probably would have to have so much mass to be able to sink it would be part of the problem.
1: Interesting. Can you imagine what that will cost? Oh, yeah.
0: That's ridiculously expensive. Yep. And then the the article has a bunch of other underwater cars in it.
1: Well, I think for what you pay for that, we could buy some really, really nice DPVs.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I'd buy a lot of them.
1: Uh, like the, the ones they use in the... Uh... Caves? Mm-hmm. That we talked about that a couple of months ago, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, w- I would take a couple of those.
1: Oh, man, would you? And
0: yeah. I. Yeah, the, the the chat room is saying that's probably on your Christmas list.
1: Among other things. Yeah. A <laughs> then piece and a puppy, right?
0: And then do you need a uh, driver's license to drive it?
1: Only if they can catch me.
0: I just have a hard time believing 75 miles per hour is what it's going to get in the bottom.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I'd like to
0: see it. I'd like to ride it. Okay, so that does it for Scuba in the News, and if you like that, you can always follow us on Twitter at Scuba Obsessed, and also on Scoop it, uh, scoopit. S-C-O-O-P dot I-T, and uh, I think it's forward slash M forward slash Scuba Obsessed, and you can follow us on there. You can get to it. Just follow Twitter, and, and you'll find it that way. So let's talk about some diving. So this last Sunday you guys got in the water?
2: Well, I did on Sunday. <clears throat> Mac and I both got in. What last Thursday? I think we talked about that on the show. Mm-hmm. Then I got back in on Sunday. Uh, same general spot. Found a real nice embossed bottle. I call it a torpedo, but Mac corrected me. It's rounded bottom, but it's straight sides.
0: Okay, so what, what's so the the rounded bottom with straight sides is not a torpedo. What is it?
2: Mac,
1: let's call it a cylinder round bottom.
0: A silver round bottom?
1: No, a round bottom. They do refer to it as a torpedo, but the true torpedo has more of a pointy end. But I'd take that bottle he found any time. He has not found a Hutchie, but no. he's got a round bottom that most of the guys in the club have not even seen.
0: Now, I have found a round bottom before.
1: Yeah, I found one last week under the bridge also.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, the, I found the round bottom up in uh, uh, Sheboygan. Uh, but uh, So I do feel privileged then. So found one so what were the conditions like
2: oh visibility was six eight feet current was definitely strong but you know you could you could pull yourself against it with a couple of good river sticks on the bottom uh, water temp was probably mid50s
0: yeah so pretty decent yeah
2: so it was still good there was you know starting to get some leaves in the river quite a few leaves were coming downstream but you know hope to get back out this weekend
0: so back did you get any other diving
1: in? Uh, Actually, I got four dives in this Four dives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we got one yesterday down at Woods Lake mm-hmm. in Kalamazoo, and uh, we had sleet going down. We got there. I did post a picture on that one on the club site, and uh, water temperature at 30 feet was about 45, so it's getting a little chilly. Surface temp was about 57, and it was 47 when I left uh, up here visibility was maybe two feet until i touched something then it went to hell (laughs) and uh we swam from the and both of you have been out there or at least i know jim has from where we dock in over that one uh park Mm -hmm. across you know where the other um swimming area is off to the right hand side of that we swam across that on the surface so we probably had what do you think is quarter mile
0: yeah it's a long swim
1: and then back so
0: now is that to look for the ferris wheel
1: Yeah, this was another report he'd got Um, an old muddy, he said, back in the 80s, reference he'd been out there and spotted the Ferris wheel, uh, 30-foot circle or arc. He said at the time 75 maybe 80% was still submerged in the muck. And it's like, I've been there before and it ain't there. But uh, we went out to double-check. So we went off the beach, he suggested, and... We did not find it. I found a lot of pipe. I did find a lot of concrete, some asphalt uh, down on the slope. I never went past 25 feet. Uh, Kevin went out to 30 and uh, did not find any of the big pieces. We took extra buoys. So when we found something interesting, we buoyed it. Because you know how that is. You find it. You come up to go find your buddy. You go yeah. back down. You can't find it because, duh, it's black. Yeah. So we had buoys. He tied the flag on it first, go up, get the buoy, come down, and retag it. So at least we could figure out where we were at. But among the debris there is where we got some more bottles. Um, nothing of the bottles we found yesterday dated later than maybe 1950. The license tag I found was 1954. I've never heard of hydroxide as a beverage. Have you guys? No. These were beverage bottles by the Coca-Cola company now, of hydroxide.
0: Now, wasn't there Moxie? Wasn't that a drink?
1: Moxie, maybe, but hydroxide? <laughs> I kept thinking jet fuel.
0: Yeah. You know, all I can think of is that they, they were trying to compete with something else that was popular, trying to create a brand or well,
2: something. There was a time when local companies bottled their stuff and Coca-Cola at the same time. So uh, you've got a lot of off-brands that are still tied to, you know, we'll have Coca-Cola on the bottles.
0: Yeah, I'm doing a just a quick search to see, and uh, they have one that says that the bottles are washed with, Hot sodium hydroxide. Let's see. And then there is uh they're talking about the determination of phosphoric acid content in a research paper published in 2012 in Cola Beverage. Uh, but yeah, I don't see anything coming up on it. Did you find anything or did you search for the bottle?
1: I didn't even search for the bottle. I still got some of that stuff outside on the porch. Yeah, yeah
0: I, you, you find you so remember, many bottles, you know, you don't have time. Do you
1: remember how many tr- that trailer <laughs> full of bottles I had plus? Yeah. I got that down and it's already creeping back up again.
0: Yeah, you're getting the you getting the ugly look when you come home and go, Look what I found.
1: Well, I'm pretty much farming a lot of that out as soon as I get it anymore because I'm finding takers. But uh, I, I, I did almost make the mistake of, of uh, releasing one of my bottles to somebody. I won't mention his name because he calls me something that has to do with Indians. Uh-huh. That was a, a Christmas Coke, December 25th, 1923 bottle.
0: Now, did you, did you figure out a value on that one?
1: Well, it depends. You know, they say they're common, but how many guys have found them? They say the value is like seven to 10 bucks. Well, I've got $5 for the standard Cokes. Yeah. So I can't believe that's an accurate description, especially if you get one that's not chipped or anything. Yeah. And I think they made them for like three years 23 to 27. Jim, you know that. Well, you looked that up also, right?
0: Oh,
2: uh, yeah. I looked that up. I sent it to you. Now, now, I've are those the.
0: Now, they only made those during the Christmas season, right?
2: No. Oh, okay. They they made those bottles for three, I think as Max said, three years, between 23 and 27. That was the renewal of the first patent on the bottle.
1: And again, though, the, what I'm doing now is I'm looking for uh, Norman Rockwell, the one for Santa Claus drinking his Coke. Mm-hmm. That's where it got the famous part from. So I'm going to get a small picture of that. I'm going to take my best Christmas Coke and put that with it. And then, then I don't need any more but one of the bottles. Yeah. But I found one the next day, too, because I dove after that. Oh,
0: jeez. Another Christmas Coke?
1: Yes, another, which was really weird. Uh, Like I said, I, I think, Jim, we dove, you dove that time with, with Maribeth, right?
2: Yeah, that was Saturday.
1: Right, because then I dove Sunday, say Friday, Sunday, Monday, and then Woods Lake. Yeah, that's my four dives.
2: Yeah, Monday you went back out by your by yourself, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I do solo a lot, you know that.
2: Yeah, what would you do Sunday? Did you do the River Sunday?
1: Yes, I did.
2: We yep. didn't see any, it, any treasures from Sunday or Monday.
1: Oh, yes, I did.
0: <laughs> oh, see, those are the ones that don't make the website.
1: <laughs> oh, no, they made, I think I put some the, of those on. The gold on,
0: they, doubloons uh, and...
1: Well, you know, so far now I've actually that 190 what did I say uh, 1903 half dollar that was pretty nice. Oh yeah. And then I actually found some tokens there. I love that. No,
0: no, like, half dollar actually probably has some silver content to it.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, back when they knew how to make money.
1: Yeah, real money. But uh, actually on the club site, I got a picture. I put a picture of your round bottom on that if you hadn't checked it.
2: Yeah,
0: I saw that. On the treasure. And then we also had some other muddies who were shooting for Lake Michigan but ended up in Diamond Lake.
1: Yes. And I found out some more. Well, I, I did post a picture that I had taken of uh, Diamond Lake on the club site, too. Mm-hmm. And I, you see the islands? Oh, you guys have been out there before, right? Yeah. All right. Looking at the island and you can see where the that little line goes from the island to the shoreline that's on the club site.
0: The chain ferry?
1: That's where the ferry is. Well, if you go at the opposite end of the island, go to the right, that's the area where the oh. south bend is at. I also now know where the boiler is and it ain't on the wreck.
0: So what's on the wreck that that looks like a boiler?
1: Well, you know the, that's not the original location. You know that, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I talked to uh the Pfizer the, and then
1: moved it over there years yeah. and years ago.
0: Yeah, they, they, they floated. That's why there's the ropes on all the pieces. They they floated up and put it together because they wanted to use it as a spot for their students to, to dive on.
1: Right. But there's a part of the boiler that's not on the wreck. Okay. Uh, and you I, found it? I will I will take pictures and then I will show you where it's at later.
0: Ah. Yeah, because that might make that might make a good uh, course to put out there in the water do a line well, between
1: that's more information for whenever you do presentations on different lakes like diamond so mm-hmm. we can also show a picture we can't show a picture of the old boat because we don't have it but if we can show part of the boiler and stuff adds a little more history to it
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah because i'm pretty sure that i've seen part of it because then it have the heat exchanger tubes yeah yeah but it's it's all blown open i mean it like anytime a, a boiler hits the water it uh, doesn't do it really pretty.
1: Yeah, because the picture under that one, thats that one there Jake took with the phone. I didn't even know he was down there. He was throwing rocks at me, trying to get my attention. But that's the area that uh, the Cokes came from.
0: Hmm. It's, it's amazing how many bottles we've pulled from this little stretch of river there.
1: Well, like you said, how many bottles don't we pull up? There's so many junk ones. We just oh, yeah. don't miss, not counting the broken ones.
0: Yeah, and I, I bring up as much as I can. I mean, I have literally had that bag, that catch bag, so full. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm like bouncing on the bottom.
1: If they would give me a dumpster, I bet we could fill that up on a weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'd love to do that just to get rid of the crap. Yeah, because you want to get rid of the junk because
0: then, as it as it works its way down, you can get to the new good bottles.
1: Yep, yeah, and you guys haven't even dove above the dam yet. There's some places there that if you knew what was there, you'd be diving there a little more frequent, frequently. Oh,
2: yeah. We
1: got the safe last year. Ken and I did. But there's yeah. some nice stuff upstream, guys.
2: Okay, yeah. we'll get there. Yeah, you I know, got it. What I want to do is I want to hit the uh, the other bridge before they get all that construction in there and start tearing it out. Well, they got a det- up everything that's laying there now.
0: They got a detour now, so you the, there's no traffic going over the bridge.
1: And right. you're also blocked from going under the bridge. How? They've got barriers.
2: Oh, so they... So have, you mean along the but, road, along the roadway?
1: Yeah, well, the road and the and the uh, walkway. But you can sort of walk around them. And on the well, weekend, somebody's there to stop you.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, on the weekend, that would be the time to dive it when there's nobody around. And you're not going to interfere with their work. Or you're not going to have something dropped onto you. Yeah, we're just rebels in like there Get in there and, in there and uh, dig that a bit before they get in there with the heavy equipment and start digging it you guys haven't
1: dove the second bridge there have you no i've never done the
0: railroad i've never done the railroad bridge
1: no no no. you know what i mean by the second bridge by that bridge bridge the concrete bridge is not the only bridge there did you know that (laughs) well i mean i've if you walk on top of the bridge get down halfway to the left look over you'll see the pilings where an original bridge used to be have you guys dove that section yet
0: no. Unless I dove it with you. I mean, I've I've gone under the bridge. You know, we did the drift dive.
1: No, no, the drift dive wouldn't have got you on that side. There's a, When you're up on, on the top, the visibility was pretty good last year, so I got some pictures of it also. You can see the outline of the pilings that went like on a 45-degree angle from the center of the bridge around. And if you dive that section, that's a little totally virgin area, sort of. But you got to watch out because when the current's fast, there's a lot of snags out there. You can get yourself in a in a heck of a hurry really quick. And Jim, you know that from the, under the center of the bridge. Yeah. You got those. You got a couple of those tree limbs there. You don't have any clue that you went past it till you drop down. Your flag goes behind you and gets snagged, or you're backing up with the current. and Then you realize you just went under a tree.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that's oh. that, that's when it's I, I not my favorite experience to be under the trees.
1: No, and that's what I mean. When you got, you know, a couple of feet of visibility, you can work it. But when it's fast current, that is not where you want to be, people. Yep. I so. mean, you get snagged and like we're, you know, we're bringing Mirabeth along, getting her squared away. She's she's getting much better at it now. You, you don't press it. No. But if you get snagged, as long as you got air, you, you got time. And you just get out of your gear with the regulator, abandon the freaking gear because that's what's snagged. You're not snagged. Your gear is. Right. Take a good breath and then get the hell up. Leave the gear alone. Yeah. Don't try to save the gear.
0: Yeah. Mac Mac will find it
1: later. <laughs> well, that's something different.
0: But. <laughs> well, it sounds like you had some good dives. I'm I'm thoroughly jealous, and I can't go diving again this weekend. So I think I need to put the following weekend on a calendar and make that a diving weekend because I am way past due. And we're getting close to the turkey dive season. Yep.
1: Well, there's a couple of more places I need to be diving before the hard water sets in. Mm-hmm. How's your ears, Jim?
2: Doing all right. I'm ready to get wet this weekend.
1: Um, uh, let's tomorrow. see. Uh, this weekend. Well, we have IDPA on Saturday. You participating in that?
2: Uh, I haven't decided.
1: Yeah, we're going to Crown Point on Sunday.
0: So for those of you who want to keep track of what the, the guys have been doing, you can always go to the Mud Club, mudclub.scubaobsessed.com. If you want to see what that not quite torpedo bottle looks like click on the treasure link and it's a first photo at least on this week october 2014 ah, has a nice looking bottle
1: it is is, it? that is and then you yeah.
0: can also follow us on uh, our website www.scubaobsessed which i am in the process of making a new version so hopefully i'll if i can if i can get two days uninterrupted i should be able to have that finished and and relaunched all the old articles will be there plus the ones I have missed, and we'll have some additional items and features as well.
1: Oh, uh, I do have a side question to Jim, real quick. Sure. Have you got it? Did you have any more feedback from that uh, lady from the TV station that covered no. the uh, event?
2: No, I haven't heard any more back from her after you sent her her mes- the message.
1: Yeah, because I looked for the video of the of the water jump, and I was going to send her one of a, a straight landing, but I told her we, I couldn't do her a scuba water jump until at least next year it's too early to do it this year yeah so i really hadn't heard anything back from her on that so if you hear something let me know i'm curious okay
0: and we've got the southwest michigan underwater preserve website which is dive s w m u p isn't it
2: dive s w m u p dot com
0: dot com and that's the southwest michigan underwater preserve and that will show you the shipwrecks that we have in lake michigan which i don't know if we're going to be able to get back out on any of them that's was Bob this weekend trying to get on the Havana for one last time, and I kind of think we may have missed it. They may be put to bed until let's see. Should we do a prediction now of when the first dive in Lake Michigan will be next year? Not including well, a pier.
1: Can, oh, I was going to say if you don't mean the pier, because I think we're going to try to get out there on the pier, at least the North Pier, uh, in November.
0: Oh, November? Yeah, yeah I, just this weekend,
1: basically. Yeah,
0: yeah, we're just we're yeah we're in November this weekend. Yeah the the pier I mean it counts as far as Lake Michigan but not quite a ship a shipwreck type True, of dive. I
1: I definitely want to get out there when the ice just breaks mm-hmm. like Bob did before and then dive under those ice flows. That yeah. ought to be fun. Yeah and
0: it'd yeah. be nice if you can do that and also have the backup of having a boat out there with you.
1: Well absolutely and tie it to the boat so that don't it doesn't go under the ice.
0: Yeah. Yeah you you there there's a lot of ice that would take to get that boat underwater.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's nice to have a come home button.
0: Yeah. That's a, that that boat makes a giant dive flag. Okay, well, I think we're getting to that time of the show, unless you guys have
2: anything you want to plug.
1: Uh, let's see. Jim, you got something coming up, what, on the
2: 6th? Oh, let me look at the calendar for the... Uh,
1: Salvage committee the, up at Lansdowne. coming
2: up. Yeah, let's take a quick look here at the calendar.
1: What time is that meeting, by the way?
2: Uh, one o'clock. One o'clock. All right, so November... The 6th Underwater Salvage Committee is meeting in Lansing at 1 o'clock, so I'll go up, sit in on that one, just as an observer. And then I think there's a couple of conferences coming up on the weekends, but I don't have them on my calendar, so we'll have to go back and check the notes on those or check the the links because I think Ralph was going to be in to speak at uh, the one in Ohio. Yes.
1: Uh, Well, that's another little item. We need to put that on our uh... Events for next year, because world Underwater is already scheduled. Uh, Diver Showcase, you know, the T horses, that's on the schedule. The Scuba Fest in Ohio, that's already ready. Yeah, they've got
0: them all pretty well booked by this time. Yep. Not just a matter of figuring out who's going to be uh, talking.
1: Yep. Most of the quarries are already shut down now.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, some of them will have, if you go watch their websites, they'll have special events. But yeah, I think as far as for daily diving, yeah, they're all done for the season.
1: I keep thinking White Star. I think they had their pumpkin contest last week, and that was the last dive of the season for that yeah. official. Yep. Unless they got some good ice, and then they have some special diving for ice.
0: Yep, got some ice diving. And again, I did another season. I couldn't get to uh, visit Rich and Dave uh, over at White Star. I've got to get over there. So I, this next year is definitely got to be it. I'm gonna. You know, if you chisel it in stone, does it make you more motivated to go?
1: I don't know, but I will be down in Charleston coming up next uh, year, and I will be out there in the Black Rivers, and I oh. will be looking for megalodon teeth.
0: Oh, when you do that, you got to let me know. We might—I I think I might need to go down with you on that one.
1: Well, you know why I'm saying that, don't you? You know who's moving down there, don't you?
0: No, I have no idea who's moving down Mr. there. Mister
1: Meester, he is now working for uh, a new—he will be working for a new company in Carolina in uh, December.
0: Who? Mister Meester.
1: Right, Richard. Oh, yeah? Yes, sir. And uh, we have already talked about megalodon teeth, and I will come down and we will go exploring on our own. Oh. I went through and found some surveys done by the university down there, which shows some old launch points by some old magnolia trees, uh, plantations. And the hunting for artifacts is fantastic.
2: Hmm.
1: But we know that when we go to those couple of places for the megalodon, we know we have to watch out for the alligators. So I prefer to go when they're not meeting because they're more territorial. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and you know what I mean because you were there with me.
0: Yeah, when, we, we, when, the, when he's telling you, yeah, get up in the mud and take yeah. a fin off so you can hit him with it.
1: Yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so that, I, I, I can picture him now. They, they, the, 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 the recovery team has got this fin with this big bite mark out of it and like, huh, I wonder what's going on with that.
1: But again, I I was looking at his, I think he's got, uh, the next one sold out. The one for next year has got four openings already, but I'd like to go down there on my own back where the barges were, remember? Yeah. Where the shrimp kept beating us in the face. Oh yeah. Like that place. I did not like the place that had the power lines down in the water. No. Because you couldn't stop, you, I had the the pick in the water, just dragging my ass for an hour.
0: Yeah, I w- we went back there and it, when it wasn't quite the current. I mean, that's a lot of it is a timing, knowing when the when it's slack current and or slack tide, because you, you you can't go when there's no current because everything's settling out of the water and you have zero vis. But you pick it too early or too late, and you're there in the hurricane. Yeah, so definitely a blast. Not a beginning diving event
1: absolutely not
0: no you want to be an experienced river diver an experienced diver like low visibility i wouldn't call it cold but i think if you're a florida diver you might call it a little chilly but for us it was it was kind of toasty actually in a wetsuit
1: did you ever see his requirements for that all you have to be is uh, advanced open water plus 25 current dives yeah to me that for those conditions that's still iffy to me yeah
0: yeah it was well, and you look at it. How many t- every time we've gone down, we've had a diver who has not been able to do the dive. Yeah. Uh, or I don't say can't do the dive. They may have done a dive, but they weren't comfortable and they didn't finish it out. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a little bit different experience when you're on a boat and he says, "Get in and get down."
1: Yeah, deep and and it's moving like crazy. He said, "Oh, by the way, that may not be a log. It could be an alligator. So don't push it too much." Yeah, and it's yeah. Uh,
0: and it, and it and you're going in and it's. It's before the sun comes up, so it's dark, so it's a, it's a night dive. So if you've never done, to me, you should have done a night dive. You should do both high current and low current river dives. You should do zero yeah. visibility dives. You should have all that sort of experience before you do that the Cooper River.
1: And know how to fill a goodie bag at the same time.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, That, that that's a technique. Now, if you're diving with us, you don't need to know how to do it too good because we don't want you taking all our teeth.
1: <laughs> and we teach you better in the currents, not as fast.
0: Yeah. So, okay, yeah, I definitely have to do that. So I've I've got some I've built up some vacation time this year for next year. So.
1: so as a side note, Wolfs is looking for a repair boatman for the Zodiacs, and they're looking for a new guy at the dive shop. Okay. So if you know somebody who's got an interest, uh, you can pass that information on to them.
0: I don't know if there's a finder's fee or not. Hopefully there is. They give us good deals maybe. So but, that, but so back with Richard, is, is he going to a dive shop or is he doing something no, else? No,
1: he's going to be working for the Zodiac. He's got a nice little title. uh because he's very versatile and he's a very knowledgeable individual on many avenues.
0: Oh yeah, he get, when he gets into something, he really researches it. So that's very good.
1: Oh my God, yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Excellent. So. And
1: he's single, so he's he's going to enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of traveling. He's looking forward to that. And I just said, expect me to be coming down there to uh, partake of your. If you're a place so I can flop my tent or whatever and go, you know, looking for some megalodon teeth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, see. My wife wants to go down there with the kids. The kids are going to go next summer, actually. Where at? Uh, my nephew, he lives down there, but he's a vet. He's on the, but the other side of the state. So, you know, ditch the kids on the other side of the state with my nephew and then go over and do some diving.
1: Yeah. But three-day trip, I think, would be good down there. We could do some good diving. Yeah.
0: So here we go. We're ready for the joke. Yeah. Okay. This one is uh, some more from Rod. He's he's on a roll. He's he sent me a few, so we got some banked up before I have to dig into my my moldy archives. And uh, so here we go. With a Joke from Rod. And and this one's a series of jokes. So you'll kind of see them. They'll will they'll, they'll roll in. So you know, as as your oxygen starts to deplete, you'll you'll just have to hold your breath for a minute, and we'll get to the end. Went scuba diving the other day and I went deeper and deeper until I saw the most magnificent sight. A beautiful mermaid, probably the most gorgeous creature I'd ever laid eyes on. I thought of asking her out on a date and I took one look at my pressure gauge and realized she was way out of my league. And a friend of mine has been offering me free scuba diving lessons for years now and told me that we can start next week. I'm not going to hold my breath. And I was diving last week when a very large aggressive fish started chasing me. This continued till I found a large bami that I was able to get behind as I... Studied and he was swimming around, preventing me from escaping. I soon realized I was in a serious predicament. I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. And why do sharks not eat divorcees? Because they're too bitter. And then finally, one from uh, his home country of Ireland. Patty is having trouble getting anyone to sign up for the specialty courses in his dive shop. So he put a sign in the window free sex with every course. The next day, Seamus comes in, pays for a deep diving course, and asks for the free sex. Pay explains, Well, I, I've, I've thought of a number. If you can guess it, you get the free sex. So Samus guesses seven. Ah, you were close. I was thinking number five. And the next week he comes back and signs up for a navigation course and guesses three this time. He says, oh, you were close this time. I was thinking of the number two, says Patty. On his way home, Seamus stops up at the pub for a few Guinnesses and tells his mate Connor he thinks the whole thing's rigged. And Connor goes, oh no, it's not rigged at all. Sure, my 19-year-old twins won twice each last week. That's the joke there.
1: <laughs> You're gonna have to have that little groan button,
0: <laughs> so you know, so you know when it's when it's finished. Yeah, he he strung a bunch together there, so that was a that was a long one. So thank you for listening. Thanks for uh, St. Louis Sam in the chat room, and you know don't don't forget we have uh, the chat room going on. We got some new things coming up that you'll have to watch out for. Some uh, new listening opportunities, some apps. Uh, we'll be informing you on the program. So keep on listening, and until next week, go out there and get wet.
1: And stay safe. And eat a
2: lobster. (laughs) (laughs) $25 a pound, huh? All recording has
1: been completed. But the closest we got is those freshwater crayfish, you know? Yeah. I'll,
0: I'll eat I'd eat them.
1: I've been thinking about it just for the hell of it.
0: Yeah, it'd be tasty. Them. They'll cook them up a little bit. Those salt and butter, everything tastes good.
1: Actually, I found a couple of those the other day, uh, mucking around under the bridge. I don't know what I dug into. It must have uh, been a fish. I didn't realize it had dug into the bottom. So I'm just groping and just yanking stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I grabbed this thing that was trying to grab my hand. It looked like scared the out of me for it. Was startled, it didn't scare me. It was